I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central episode 175 for the extra long weekend starting 27 April 2017. Woohoo! <laughs> Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, is ADSL dying? Also this week, MTN achieves 400 megabit per second wow. LTE. Rumors about the next iPhone. Jeff Bezos may soon be the world's richest man. Take that, Bill Gates. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> the Nasdaq cracks 6,000. And of course, those two stories are linked. Uh, time to lift the curtains on another podcast. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Duncan? Recording uh, in Randburg at the offices of NavWorld today um, for a change. Yeah, a little, a little studio we're trying to build here. Um, welcome, Duncan, welcome. Thank you. It's a bit of change of scenery. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, let's talk about this week. It's, uh, of course, uh, another compressed week. There's so many holidays at the moment. It's crazy. I don't know how you're coping, Rechard. No, it's terrible. It doesn't work well for, for, for productivity at all. The one, the one plus side of it is that uh, it lets you catch up on your email and uh, perhaps uh, some of the admin that was backing up. Yeah, yeah. Catching up on those podcasts, I've been wanting to listen to as well. Indeed, indeed. But speaking of podcasts, we've been doing lots of interesting interviews lately. Uh, Adriana Marais of Mars mm-hmm. One. Uh, we're going to be posting a video of that soon. Uh, yes, uh, if you've heard yes. the uh, audio, if, even if you haven't heard the audio, uh, check out the video of that. A uh, bit of an experimentation for us uh, to uh, branch into video. We're not going to do it wholesale yet, but uh, we're uh, we're experimenting with it and uh, may look to do video podcasts uh, uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, it not works, soon, it works well with the right subjects. Indeed, indeed, I agree. Um, so lots of interesting podcasts. Yesterday I uh, had a fascinating chat with Ronnie Aptecker, who is the co-founder of Internet Solutions. Uh, Ronnie uh, now um, working for a company called Thinkst, started by an uh, information security expert called Harun Mir. Uh, very nice chat with Ronnie about um, the new movie he's involved in called Beyond the River. Um, it's nice. a fantastic movie. I went to the premiere uh, last week, uh, go see it. It's okay. brilliant. Um, it's about the Doozy Canoe Marathon and two oh, two, can, two canoeists, a black guy and a white guy, uh, who team up um, against the odds um, and uh, take on the challenge of winning gold at the Doozy Canoe Marathon. And it's brilliantly shot. You'll love it because they make use extensive use of drone footage oh, nice. over the Valley of a Thousand Hills in KZN. Oh, wow. A beautiful, beautiful uh, cinematography, and the score is also fantastic. And it's based on an original story, I take it. It's based, it's, uh, they oh, say, inspired, inspired by true events. So there is some uh, um, creative license in the movie. Uh, f- um, for example, in the movie, the guys, and I'm not giving away um, a, a plot spo- uh, a spoiler here, but uh, uh, this guy's son dies, uh, and um, that didn't happen in real life. Oh, okay. uh, so they've they've added they've embellished it, it they've dramatized yeah. it yeah but it's it's inspired by a true story these guy, two guys did exist and they did uh, get together and they did uh, go and win gold at the doozy oh, nice. uh, and it's a really it's one of the best south african movies i've seen so uh, go oh, check it out you definitely need to go check it out yeah it opened on on the cinema circuit yesterday so i'm sure it'll be around on the circuit for a few weeks at least but uh, let's talk about uh, tech news and um, and the quiz I always forget. Thank you. What did I do with that? <laughs> Let's do the quiz. Do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, let me do that. Elon Musk last year paid over at least how much to the U.S. government in personal income taxes, and we're looking for a dollar figure year to the nearest hundred million dollars. <laughs> that's, that's a, a big tax bill. That's a big tax <laughs> Researchers from which South African organization helped discover a strange new planet, three hundred and twenty light years from Earth? That's really just next door. Uh, that has the same density as styrofoam. Oh, wow. And for a bonus point, what is the planet called? Interesting stuff. Uh, the third question. Which international organization said it will launch biometric fingerprint-based bank card in South Africa commercially this year? 
Fourth question, Vodacom has pushed out the planned listing of its Tanzanian subsidiary by up to three weeks, or actually by three weeks, to, to the 11th of May. Why has it done that? And the fifth question, the television adaptation of which Neil Gaiman novel will go live on Amazon Prime Video in South Africa on 1 May? Can't wait to see it. It's going to be, be a good one. I love the novel. So we can now get on to the news. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, we'll get to the answers to that quiz at the end of today's show. Uh, but uh, speaking of podcasts, I had a great interview with Jacques de Toy uh, last week. Um, also last week. Yeah, it was last week. In fact, we did a lot of podcasts last week. We had yeah, Neil a lot Skuman, showing up on the site now. Neil Skuman, the CEO of Vimital. We had Adriana Marais, who's now at SAP and, of course, is part of the Mars One project. And, uh, and Jacques de Toy, who is um, the CEO of Vox Telecom. Very interesting discussion about ADSL and fiber in South Africa. And um, something that, uh, that, that Jacques said I thought was very interesting. Um, I said, you know, what happens in five or ten years? Is ADSL still around? He looked at me and said, five years? Gone. Fiber, <laughs> fiber will kill it. Uh, he may be being a little bit ambitious, I think, with a five-year mm, prediction. Mm. But um, certainly the, the fiber is being rolled out at such a rate now uh, that uh, I suspect that um, the bulk of ADSL could be gone in five years' time. Uh, I mean, Vumatel has basically v- connected up every house now in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg yeah. within yeah. the circle. Um, and they've done that in, what, two years? Yeah. Um, so that's been very rapid rollout. Uh, they're now going to focus on Cape Town and, and Durban um, and out the, also the East Rand and West Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that's, ra- that's rapid deployment uh, at that sort of pace. Um, there's a good ar- argument to be made that... Uh, within five years, the bulk of the DSL base will be gone. And that would certainly explain why OpenServe, which is the telecom subsidi- wholesale subsidiary, um, has become so aggressive at rolling out in fiber just in the last little while. They mm. uh, they didn't wait long. I mean, Neil Skuman said to me he, he ex- expected them to take a bit longer than they did to react to Vumatel's presence in the market, but they reacted pretty quickly, announcing a fiber rollout of their own. Where I live, um, Vumatel um, deployed infrastructure uh, last year, mm. earlier this year mm. even, uh, and now OpenServe is trenching the streets in in the same in my suburb. So they're duplicating Vumatel's infrastructure. We've had similar stuff happen in our suburb, and uh, you have to ask the question: Why are the guys replicating trenching? I mean, they destroy the pavements every yeah. single time. It's great for consumers. Well, consumers. I mean, if you're not a fiber advocate like, like we are, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose you get really annoyed at this sort of thing. But I mean, it's great to have an alternative if one of them falls over. Sure. Uh, sure. At some point in the future. But uh, you'd think they use one infrastructure, put a pipe, a big concrete mm. pipe down and put your strands inside you know mm. individual piping that's what i thought they would do mm. but, uh, yeah like i said we also have mtn trenching in our neighborhood uh, for yeah. some reason we haven't heard anything other than it know, is it is odd i mean why, why yeah i mean why surely it would make sense for vimatel to lease capacity lease space in its in its ducts to yeah we're not talking about the actual fiber that they're sharing it's mm. the duct the ducting yeah. yeah um so we've got this duplication going on now where parts of South Africa are crying out for broadband, there's now this, this duplication happening. And where this duplication is happening, um, it makes the business case very much harder. Mm. Um, you know, if you're, if you're the second player coming into, into a suburb like Telcom is in my suburb, um, I think there is a first mover advantage for, uh, for Vumatel, you know, having come mm. there, because certainly yeah. the early adopters, uh, like myself, yeah. um, would sign up the moment it's available, which is what I did. 
um, you know, I suppose there'll be a, a long tail of consumers who, who you know, who are on DSL perhaps even don't even realize there's fiber available yet mm. or, or don't see the need to switch necessarily or they're not big users of the internet. So they're on iBurst connections, for example, or they use LTE as an option. Mm. Um, I suppose that that market will, will is a potential fiber market down the line as they realize the benefits of Netflix and streaming and oh, yeah. all the rest yeah, of it. Um, but yeah, one does have to wonder whether this duplication actually makes sense. Um, I don't think it's really happened in other markets around the world that, I, that I'm aware of. Yeah, not at this rate in, the, in these densely, uh, dense, dense areas where, I mean, one installation is more than sufficient. Mm-hmm. You really don't need. I mean, I guess there's other infrastructure requirements like uh, uh, base stations or cell phone mm-hmm. towers, that kind of thing. Um, but still, I mean, trenching in certain suburbs where I've seen them mm-hmm. for a second time, you know, is... It just seems it seems uh, like a waste of time. Mm. So five years, um, perhaps perhaps he's right. Perhaps it's gone in five years. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there'll be holdouts. I think there'll be pockets here and there where copper, you know, slim plays where where the fiber guys just haven't gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Telcom's DSL network is quite extensive, especially if you go into the smaller towns. I mean, many of the smaller towns have DSL, um, and I can't see Vumatel getting to all those towns. Necessarily over exactly. the next five years. But are those the big money generating? Uh, no, they not. don't use that much bandwidth or that Probably much telephone uh, mm. call. They don't do make that much telephone calls to actually warrant mm. or justify these massive. And, and a lot of those small towns are served by wireless providers, um, wireless internet service providers that used unlicensed spectrum, uh, Wi-Fi spectrum, um, are quite big in those in those towns. Um, I think in part because the DSL is so terrible. Mm. Uh, if it's available, it's it's really slow. Um, so wireless guys have come in and provided an alternative. Uh, um, but, yeah, uh, you know, um, Neil Skuman said that in the podcast that, um, you know, they, they, they're they focusing on the big metros. They're not interested in going to the small towns in the countryside. Um, doesn't make sense for them. They're going to mm. reach a point where they're finished. Um, and uh, then the question becomes, what do they do next? Um, do they get into services? Uh, do they become an ISP in their own right and compete with the guys who are selling infrastructure, selling services on their network? He denied that. He said, that's not in our plan. Uh, what he did hint at, which I thought was very interesting, uh, was that he said that, you know, we've got all this fiber infrastructure across Johannesburg. Why don't we start putting up Wi-Fi hotspots all over the place? Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Uh, and it's relatively trivial for them to do because they've got all this, the infrastructure is there. They just need to put Wi-Fi on top of it. So what do you do? You put up a pole and put Wi-Fi on top. Maybe you sell a cheaper um, mm. a cheaper uh, service. Um, you know, Wi-Fi, you can do some interesting things with Wi-Fi at the street level. You can actually provide in-home service. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, without, I mean, I'm not sure what the, the business model would be, what uh, what they're thinking, but he, he dropped a very big hint that, that that's <coughs> something that they're looking at doing next. So... Um, but the, the wireless, the mobile guys aren't standing still, of course, while this is happening. Yeah. Um, MTN announcing last uh, week that they are testing, now let me just find the story, uh, they're testing something called LTE License Assisted Access at a test site in Pretoria. Um, this is an evolution of LTEU or LTE Unlicensed. Um, it uh, uses the Wi-Fi bands. Um, they're using... 40 megahertz of spectrum in the unlicensed 5 gigahertz band um, and paired that with uh, 15 megahertz of spectrum in the licensed 2.1 uh, gigahertz band and they've um, they've put up a site in Pretoria and they've achieved a peak downlink throughput 
of over 400 megabits a second. Oh, that's not bad <laughs> for a little cell phone connection. That's pretty good. What's for, the latency on that, did they say? They didn't mention latency, no. Uh, um, you know, LTE latency is very good, so I'm sure it was… It, it was, was probably it was under 10 milliseconds. Probably, usually, yeah. yeah. Um, my guess is they didn't even say where they were doing this, but my guess it would be a very controlled environment, like in a shopping center, uh, probably with one high site. Um, uh, what's interesting about this technology is apparently, uh, you know, compared to the LTE, the original LTEU technology, is this has got all sorts of techniques, clever techniques built into it to prevent interference with people already in that band. So if it detects that there's, um, you know, the spectrum is already being used for something mm -hmm. else, like mm -hmm. a Wi-Fi device, it will avoid using that while the Wi-Fi is using it. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's a pity they didn't say where. I, mean, I guess <laughs> we would have been a whole bunch of geeks turning <laughs> around there downloading. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're going to need a special device to be able to test this. I don't sure, even know if sure. this tech is, if there's a smartphone in the market. Maybe the Galaxy S8 supports it. I'm not sure. Um, we know that um, the, the S8 is the first phone in the market to support Category 16 LTE, which is gigabit class LTE. Yeah. Um, of course, that's in theory only. Yeah. <laughs> you won't get that mm. in the real world. And certainly, you won't get that in South Africa right now. Um, I'm, I'm sure one of the operators, or, or both MTN and Vodacom, maybe even CellC, uh, we'll put up a test site at some point just mm. to demonstrate gigabit class LTE, but you'll probably be standing right next to the, the base station and uh, your head will probably be uh, <laughs> warming up. Yeah. <laughs> free, free breakfast. <laughs> free well, I'm, I'm less volume. excited about this because mm. of fiber. I think fiber mm. has kind of evened out that, that desperation for the yeah. true high-speed connectivity. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy with average 10, 14 mega LTE these days. On, on mobile, you don't need anything else, actually. Mm. I mean... You, as long as you can stream an HD video to your phone, that's, that's all you really need. Um, I guess live streaming now becoming a big thing. I would love mm -hmm. to, you know, that obviously for me, but LTE is more than sufficient for that. Yeah. It's a 10 meg connection. Yes, even at indeed. A mediocre site. But you're not going to watch Netflix on, on an LTE connection. It's too no, expensive. I do it at home or do it at the office or put it on my phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're using Wi-Fi over your own fiber. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so... Uh, there's this race amongst the mobile operators to say, you know, we've got the fastest network, you know, look what we're doing, look how cool we are. But, you know, what's the point, actually? Um, especially if, you know, you're a prepaid user paying one rand or two rand a megabyte for data. I mean, you'll, you'll burn through thousands of rands in, in a matter of seconds. Yeah, that LTE is not going <laughs> to benefit you very much. Um, but yeah, it's cool that, they, that the technology is getting to this point um, mm. and that... Uh, uh, the operators are obviously um, keen to outdo each other. Yeah. Um, these re releases come out regularly from Vodacom and MTN. I'm actually surprised Vodacom didn't put out a follow-up release to this because they did when the LTE U was initially announced mm -hmm. by MTN. Uh, but they're always trying to outdo each other. We're the first to do this. We're the first to do that. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I'm as long as it's rolled down and we get better service at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah. I'm, I like it if they experiment. At the end of the day, though, they need more spectrum because they actually can't do a lot of this stuff. Uh, while well, the government is not uh, allocating um, access to more spectrum. Uh, if they had the digital dividend, if they had 2.6 gigahertz, uh, they'd actually be able to deliver much better speeds to South African consumers, and that's a fact. Um, the regulatory environment is, is keeping our network slow. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's going to start costing us, unfortunately, as a country. Um, so, I don't know if you've seen these rumors. Bloomberg um, had a great story, which we c carried uh, last week, on uh, the next iPhone. They um, had some great insights into what's coming. So, it looks like there are going to be three models this time around. And only the top-end model is going to have the huge uh, um, uh, overhaul. 
Yes. Uh, so the, the the next two models down presumably will che- be cheaper devices, probably modelled quite similarly to, to the, the current devices. to the current yeah. iPhone Seven. Yeah. Whereas the, the flagship device I'm imagining is going to look a lot more like the Galaxy S8. Yeah, yeah. I think that that, that see-through phone that's been rumoured, uh, I think from last year already. Um, maybe not so much a see-through phone as what it is, clever um, optical technology with a wraparound kind of screen mm. uh, to give you the illusion, especially yes. when using augmented reality that you are looking at a, yes. uh, a see-through device. Yeah, we're definitely heading towards, um, uh, you're seeing it now, the LG G6 uh, in front of you there, Rechot. The, yes. um, the, uh, the Galaxy S8 goes even further, but we, we're certainly get going to this um, point where the screen is, is takes up most of the front of the device and the bezel really just about all but disappears. Mm. Um, I, I think Samsung has been the most aggressive in that regard with that what they call infinity display, that real edge-to-edge um, curved glass. Uh, and I would expect Apple to uh, to do the same thing. If mm. they don't, I, I was um, sitting at a, at a breakfast the other morning and uh, the chap next to me had an S8 Plus, um, which despite its 6.2-inch screen size is actually remarkably comfortable in the hand. Oh, really? Um, so he had an iPhone 7 Plus and a Galaxy S8 Plus next to each other on the table. The iPhone 7 Plus looked prehistoric in sure, comparison. Sure. Um, it looked like it looked like a phone from 10 years ago. Um, the, it was chalk and cheese between these two. I mean, in the, terms S8, of the design, look and feel. The look and feel and the design of this thing. I mean, the S8 looked futuristic. The iPhone looked dated and old. Um, so Apple has to, has to, radically. Uh, change the iPhone this year. If they don't, then they've got a problem. Um, but they will. Uh, I think it's. I think these rumors. The, the, the rumors have been too, too far and widespread. Talking about much of the same kind of direction that Apple's heading in. I think we are. Well, I've got no doubt that we are going to see this revolution. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that they're keeping two other models um, kind of more aligned with the older device, mm. not to alienate the customer base again after <laughs> the 2.5 mil audio jack debacle. <laughs> you can be sure that's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of rumor that Samsung was going to ditch the, the analog audio jack on the S8, and I was very pleased uh, at the launch that's to see it was still there. I mean, I was thinking about the audio jack the other day because I had another conversation with a friend uh, about you know the removal thereof. And... I realized, again, I plugged, I plugged 3.5 into my phone every day this week doing something, whether it's music or um, a conference call that I wanted yeah. to do or something. I used an, an external peripheral for mm. my iPhone. Um, you don't yeah. want to have to use an external peripheral. I mean, it's something that gets lost. It, it goes against the design ethos that Steve Jobs instilled at Apple. Oh, exactly. You're not supposed to carry hundreds of dongles around in a bag. One of, one of A good example of that and something that irks me every day is the, the network adapter for... Um, these MacBooks, so yeah. it's a, it's external dongle. Now, it's not the biggest problem. It's a nice slick dongle. Yes, but it it is a pain in the butt to have yeah. to carry this thing around. Mm. Um, mm. Now, if I take my just my notebook somewhere, I don't have it with me. So if I do have an opportunity to plug in somewhere, yeah. um, f- if I need to, yeah. uh, I don't have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is that the is that the new? That's not the new MacBook. You no, no. This yeah. is a 2015. Model, 2015. 2015 model, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've got even more co- controversial with the new ones, of course. Uh, oh, yes, yes. And the MacBook, which only has one port for everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, basically, a love, it's a love-hate relationship. It's an iPad, basically. <laughs> yeah. iPad with a keyboard. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait till September to find out what uh, Apple's got uh, up its sleeve, although... In reality, it'll have leaked by then. All these phones leak uh, well ahead of time. Yeah, from the manufacturing plants. Yeah. And 
But yes. I'm looking. I really am looking forward to it. I, I, I think uh, Apple has always been in a good position to kind of push the envelope and, uh, for good or bad, you know, be a little bit controversial. Mm. Um, I would love to see what they can bring to the table in the consumer AR device. Yeah, and and what's going to be interesting is that they need to avoid um, being accused of copying Samsung. Uh, oh, yeah. Samsung has, um, in in terms of design, Samsung is first to market with this, with this radically changed device. If their device looks very similar to the S8, then they're going to open themselves up to accusations that they've become nothing but a follower. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that'll be top of mind. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what this thing looks like because there's not all that much you can do that's... I mean, exactly. edge to I mean, that's edge why so many photos phones look like uh, look the, the iPhones because, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the button at the bottom design, there's only yeah. so many ways you can do it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so, well, some Android manufacturers do deliberately copy the design ethos of the iPhone. I think Huawei in particular, you'll see. Look at our yeah, Huawei phones. Yeah. They've got a lot of iPhone brand um, design yes. elements in them. Yes, yes. Uh, and they're not, it's not only Huawei. Other Android manufacturers do the same thing. Um, Samsung is, I think, broken with that now, uh, solidly. Yeah, they've managed to, to break away from that uh, tr- that design ethos like you're talking about uh, on the iPhone. Uh, they managed to do it quite successfully, I think. Um, but there's only so many ways you can shape a block, I guess. There's mm-hmm. only so many ways you can wrap a glass around um, a piece of metal. Indeed, indeed, indeed. The smartphone industry has become very mature. But uh, but you're right. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do in, in augmented reality because mm. they've, they've been hinting very big that something's coming. I can't imagine what it is, though. Um, you know, I don't think people are going to wear... Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, are they going to do glasses? Google Glass was a failure. I don't think they will go there. I think their device, their, their, their philosophy, or the plan with their devices is to, to have that augmented reality on your device. So mm-hmm. when you hold up your device um, in front of you, it becomes that glass that you don't have to wear mm-hmm. on, your, mm-hmm. on your face. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be, down the line, there will be peripherals and there will be something you put on your, on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against that. Uh, obviously, Google Glass wasn't the best example of how to do such a thing. It was big and bulky. But, I mean, you can do it. There. There's, there's scientists out there that put this technology on uh, contact lenses. Mm-hmm. And, and that shows you what will happen when you put something on, uh, that small mm-hmm. um, in front of your, your eyesight um, to give you that augmented reality effect. But un- until that point, uh, um, I'm will be using the device mm-hmm. to mimic that. And I think uh, I, don't, I don't know how they would be able to do it or how they're going to be doing it. Um, but from what I've seen in the AR world, there's, there's some really interesting applications for existing um, mm. internet-based services or apps. Well, no in September. <laughs> Can't wait. Anyway, we need to take a commercial break. We'll be back in a second. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Oh, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehot? How's it, Duncan? So, um, a lot of big uh, tech companies in the U.S. reporting results this week. Uh, among them, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, um, I'm forgetting some names now. Um, Apple's not reporting this week. Certainly Amazon, Microsoft, uh, um, and, and one or two other uh, big ones. Um, but the Amazon numbers, um, really, really interesting. Uh, of course, uh, Google Alphabet reporting yes, this Alphabet. week as well. Uh, also with very good numbers, um, very strong um, growth in mobile advertising, which is interesting. 
Um, and Microsoft uh, missing uh, their uh, numbers slightly, uh, and their share price taking a little bit of a knock because of that, uh, mainly on the back of poor sales of Surface devices, which is interesting, hmm. um, hmm. which uh, prompted me, of course, uh, to uh, post a story with the headline, Microsoft slips on Surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just had to go there. I had to, I had to go there, absolutely. <laughs> um, it was just waiting to be done. But um, uh, Amazon putting out absolutely mind-blowing results this week. I mean, that company is just going from strength to strength. I think we, uh, Rachel, said on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that they could be the first um, company in history to a $1 trillion market cap. Um, you know, in after-hours trading, markets haven't opened up in the U.S. just yet, but um, in after-hours trading on Thursday evening, their market cap surged up to about $465, $470 billion U.S. dollars. So closing in on the half-a-trillion-dollar mark and uh, getting closer to Microsoft's market valuation. Um uh, so, you know, I think the only companies ahead of them are Microsoft, um, Google, and and Apple. Mm. Uh, Google's uh, or Alphabet's uh, share price also surging in after-hours trading, um, putting them on a market cap, I think, of around 660 or 670 billion U.S., uh, Apple sitting up at about 750, so three quarters of a trillion dollars. Uh, you don't even want to convert that into no, rand. No, <laughs> it's about 10 trillion, 11 <laughs> trillion. Rand. But um, on the back of this, uh, Jeff Bezos um, is now firmly entrenched as the second richest person in the world and is now only, and I use the word only in inverted commas, <laughs> $5 billion behind Bill Gates. Uh, so one more good quarter from Amazon, and uh, there's a very real chance or just a share price moving up uh, in the next few days on the basis of uh, the strong results from Amazon, there's a very good chance that uh, Jeff Bezos is going to overtake Bill Gates uh, to become the richest person on the planet. Who would have thought Amazon a few years ago, a decade ago? Yeah. Told me Amazon a would, retailer. would have been this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the company that sells you toilet paper is now the richest, richest uh, uh, was, you know, its founder is going to be one of the richest people in the, on the planet. Um, but of course, Amazon is more than just um, retail now. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's Amazon Web Services, which is an absolutely massive cloud computing business. Um, the retail side is also massive. They're expanding around the world now. Please come to South Africa. Yes. Um, and uh, of course, uh, Jeff Bezos is uh, a big investor, and he takes a billion dollars out of Amazon every year uh, for Blue Origin, uh, which is his a company which he's competing directly head on with. Uh, Elon Musk, another billionaire, uh, to boys and uh, toys, eh? to, to get into space. Indeed, who's got the biggest rocket? <laughs> and you see them posing in front of these rockets. You just wonder. Oh, um, yeah. But they're having fun. Isn't you it think there's fun? a WhatsApp group where all these rich guys are chatting, saying, "How oh, my rockets up in the air first? Well, no, um, there is. It's called Twitter because Elon Musk, <laughs> Twitter, Elon yeah, Musk, yeah, Elon Musk, and and. Uh, and Jeff Bezos had a go at each other on Twitter uh, last year sometime about their <laughs> ro rocket plans. <laughs> so big egos at play, uh, big rockets, lots of money. Oh, man. Um, no, they're having fun, no doubt about it. Uh, but it's fascinating to watch anyway. Um, this race, this new race for space. Uh, who's going to be the first to Mars? Um, I'm loving this this renewed uh, love and passion for getting getting up into space mm. again. I mean, it felt like there was a lull for many decades around yes. it, you know. After the moon. 
been, and especially now with the privatization of that, mm. uh, or at least private companies going into mm. into space as opposed to governments. Yes, yes. Very excited. And and of course we had that uh, podcast with Adriana Maria just a couple of weeks ago. And if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, do go and listen to it or uh, look out for the video that we're going to be posting in the next couple of days. Um, it's a fascinating discussion about Mars One and uh, Adriana's plan to get on a rocket and never come back. Sure, that's scary and very exciting at the same time. I'm not sure I would do it uh, if I had the opportunity. Would you? Would you go to Mars and never come back? No, I don't, I don't think I'm that inclined. No, me neither. But um, I, I love the concept. I love the of, idea. I love the idea mm. thereof. Mm. I think, I mean, we've seen it so many times in Hollywood movies um, and they end in so many various ways, but it's the only way for, for humans to, to, to expand, you know. Somebody has to take that leap and not yeah. come back. Yeah. Like the, 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 the like the um, uh, the captain, the sea captains that went uh, out in the ocean many dec- uh, many centuries ago. Yes, you know, do yes. you come back? Don't you come back? Where do you go? Do you fall off that cliff, uh, the yeah, edge of the earth? Eaten by a sea monster. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. It's uh, uh, new age of and and Adriana, if she goes, her name will be immortalized in history. Oh, yeah, I was fascinated by the. I mean, and again, a reason to go listen to that podcast, but. The, the TV production around that, that was quite a fascinating uh, angle to it as well, you mm. know. This is going to be reality TV like we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, it's going to bring it so close to everybody. We're yeah. going to look at these people as those frontiers, those spacemen yeah. yes. um, that take our, our civilization to another planet. Yeah. yeah, if it happens, of course. If it happens, yeah. Um, they have to raise a lot of money. Um, I should ask uh, Jeff. He might have a few. <laughs> oh, no, that's a comp- competitive brand. <laughs> um so Jeff Bezos, very, very close to overtaking Bill Gates as the richest person on the planet and in the known universe. And, uh, of course, all of this is on the back of a stock market in the U.S. that uh, is uh, just going from strength to strength. In fact, since Donald Trump was elected as U.S. president, um, the stock markets have risen by about 20 percent. Um, you know, I, th- I think on the back of of the expectation that the Republican administration in the U.S. is going to be uh, a lot less, um, there's going to be a lot less red tape, a lot less regulation, a lot less government involvement in business. Uh, so um, there's been a, a strong rally in that time, uh, despite uh, the controversial things that uh, Mr. Hmm. Trump often says. Uh, and the Nasdaq, uh, which is the tech-heavy um, stock exchange uh, based in New York. Uh, went through 6,000 points this week for the first time. Uh, and it was uh, not long after going through 5,000 points. Um, of course, it's had a very long time getting there because back in, you recall back in 2000, at the height of the dot-com bubble, um, the NASDAQ briefly um, peaked over 5,000 points. And it took 17 years, 16 or 17 years, to get back to 5,000 points. Uh, so, the mar- you know, if you bought shares in, in, in March 2000 at the peak of the dot-com bubble, uh, it would have taken you a very long time to get your money back. Hmm. Um, but it's back there, and uh, just in a very short period of time, it's gone from five, five, NASDAQ 5,000 to NASDAQ 6,000. Um, and I guess the sky uh, is uh, the proverbial limit. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll have NASDAQ 7,000 by this time next year. Hmm. Um, and from you know, I've been reading a lot of analysts on whether the market is overheating, and the sort of general view is no, that this is actually based on fundamentals. That uh, um, that that these valuations we're seeing in the market, while they are fully priced, um, it's not the dot com bubble again. Uh, this thing isn't going to necessarily uh, crash. Um, there's there's solid underpinnings here. I mean, the, you know the. 
the numbers we're seeing out of companies like Alphabet and uh, and Microsoft and Facebook and uh, Apple, etc., actually would appear to justify the valuations that are being attached to these companies. Um, so uh, the question is: Is it time to buy? Mm. <laughs> Good question. So our winner this week, moving rapidly along to our features, uh, regular features, uh, is Jeff Bezos uh, for um, that, that incredible uh, wealth, now over $80 billion uh, personal wealth. Um, so uh, Jeff Bezos is our winner this week. And we don't actually have a loser this week, so we'll leave that segment. We'll uh, put our thinking caps on and uh, uh, we'll, we'll come, come back with a loser for our winner and loser segment in our podcast next week. Uh, Rechot, I'm looking at the show notes and I see that uh, you, there's a blank space a next blank to your space pick. Blank space next to my pick. Do you have one? It's because I haven't put it in yet. <laughs> I kept it secret. I um, can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> so I've, uh, I've got some friends visiting and uh, from overseas um, mm-hmm. and the guy's a DJ. And we've been telling a bit about music and music on, online and where do you save where do you save your mixes and, and that kind of thing. And um, he introduced me to a very cool online service. Um, and I've been loving it. I've been listening to it uh, for the last two days, almost nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to something that you'd expect from SoundCloud. But uh, if you've been following what happened with SoundCloud over the last few years, they've really been nailed with copyright uh, uh-huh. notices. And they've been very hard on their user community with that as well. Uh-huh. For many years, SoundCloud was uh, a platform where you could upload, or as a DJ, upload uh, mix sessions uh-huh. with copyright music in it. Um, because you're obviously not distributing the song on its own yeah. as a separate. Um, so that kind of has been uh, falling away on SoundCloud. So another um, cloud-based service called MixCloud has kind of taken in the fold, filling in that gap and I've a lot of, of DJs um, are using it apparently and okay. I've been f- I've been going through it kind of to see who who's on there and they everybody who's everybody is has got an account on there in terms oh, wow. of, of musician and DJ um, mixcloud.com and, and there's some really good content on there I mean it depends on your music taste I guess you can find anything um, from soulful jazz to the hardest uh, hip hop um, or, or house or, or any of those kind of electronic styles yeah. Um, but yeah great great music really good app I mean it's the kind of thing you know you I often hate curating my, curating my own music because I just want to put something on and listen to it Yeah. Um, online radio is great for that you know Symphony and uh, iTunes music can can stream that kind of thing too but it's nice to have you know content mostly generated by DJs okay because uh, you know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a DJ at heart too I used to do it many years ago so I do appreciate it appreciate you know the mixes yeah. um, and I enjoy listening to them so mix cloud well worth checking out if you if you're into not just electronic music um but yeah, DJ-fied music, if I can put it like that. Uh, do you pay for the app? Um, the, this is this is a free service uh, because you're just streaming audio. For, it's it's like SoundCloud, so they they are paid for versions if you are a producer. Okay. Um, but as a user, you get the audio for free. Okay, and the music that gets played, do the artists get compensated? Uh, I don't I don't know um, okay. I don't know how they work in terms of royalties. I, I kind of don't think so because I mm. can't see the monetization. There are ads on the site. Okay. Um, if you go and it via the the website, but I've only been listening to it for about two days now. So uh, if you listen to it, uh, is the advertising in the streams as well? No, no, no. The the streams are pure music. Okay. Um, there's adverti- advertisements on the site, um, but nothing nothing in between. So it's it's exactly like SoundCloud. You know, you can listen to any music. You can listen to playlists. You can listen to. Yeah. You can make your own playlists. Um, 
This is cool. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, well, this. I'll see if there's uh, progressive rock on here because that's my. Uh, oh, there must be. I've been. Th- I've been impressed, and I've been impressed with the range or the, the range of music um, that's been that I found on here. Okay. Well, this. Okay. Yeah, I see. There's quite a selection here under Discover Music Shows: rock, indie, house, hip hop, garage, rap, reggae, R&B, uh, soul, funk, deep house, classical, chill out, beats, bass, ambient, pop, tech house, world, <laughs> trap, trance, stuff. techno, etc., etc. So. Uh, uh, it looks like there's a, a, a option for just any <laughs> musical taste. I'm definitely going to go have a look at that. So I'll download the app on my on my phone uh, right after this podcast. Um, and my pick this week um, is the new Google Earth for Chrome. I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, have a look at that yet, Rechard. I did. Is this the one you showed me, or is, this, is there a new one after this? Um, did I show it to you? Uh, About two, three weeks ago. Uh, I don't no 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 no. I think this is a new version. I was showing you the. I think if I recall correctly, I was showing you the three D. You were showing me the app, the the, the the software app on your computer. Okay, yeah, no, this is this is this, is, yeah. this is for Chrome. So if you go to earth.google.com in Chrome, it doesn't seem to work in any other web browsers at the moment, which is interesting. Um, but it's it's an entirely browser-based version of um, of, of uh, Google Earth, and they've done some really cool stuff with it. Um, they've they've made it a lot the interface a lot simpler to use. Um, the the app for Windows has always been a bit uh, and for Mac has always been a bit clunky. I thought um, they've really simplified it a lot. They've added a lot of places to discover. There's an I'm feeling lucky button now, mm. like in the search engine, so it'll take you somewhere random on Earth. Uh, of interest uh, so that you can have a look at it along with photography and uh, uh, all that sort of thing. If you zoom in to uh, zoom in enough and the street view available, it'll zoom down to street view. Uh, I think it did that in the in the old version as well. But um, it really is a sleek looking experience now. It's a little bit buggy in places. The cr- Chrome did crash a couple of times on the, f- the first day I tried it. It some, seems to have stabilized a bit now. Uh, but it's it's looking really cool and um, completely browser based. But of course, if you use Windows 10, uh, you simply um, you can create an app out of it, uh, a Chrome app out of it, and just pop it into your task tray at the bottom of the screen uh, and use it as if it was an app. Um, but Google's done some excellent work with it, uh, simplifying it, and um, it it really looks it really looks sexy. The 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 view it starts with now, the outer space view. Um, it's really cool because the clouds that you see on the on the planet's surface are real time. Oh, really? Uh, I've just loaded it up and it looks yeah. fantastic. I want to run this on a big screen in my house. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Eh? I, I run it on my TV. It's it's fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, the cloud cloud patterns you see when you fire it up are actual weather right now. Um, so they've thought of everything. In fact, if you scroll around um, the Earth, you'll see the Milky Way as well. Yes. And yes. the Milky Way is accurate to where it's supposed to be yeah, in relation to this. This is beautiful. <laughs> another 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 cool app to use with your fiber, right? Indeed. indeed yeah. <laughs> no, the faster your connection, the better. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, if you're a 100 meg fiber, this is the perfect application to showcase it. And it also shows the line, uh, obviously, for where the, the, um, where the sun isn't shining, right? So you can see yes. the dark. The dark sun. The night sky coming uh, mm. Oh, that's beautiful. It's stunning. And uh, they've done a lot of work, uh, including in the South African version, where you zoom in. Um, a lot of the cities in South Africa now have full 3D buildings of every building in the city, including people's houses. I've noticed some of that, yes, mm. on uh, the Google Maps. Yeah, uh, Google Maps, Maps is doing yeah, it too, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's very, very, very cool. Um, uh, my house is in 3D, and my trees in my garden are in 3D. Really? It's, it's phenomenal. I'm going to go do some desktop surfing this weekend. Um, so that's the new the new Google Earth for Chrome. It's really cool. You'll ditch the app, or I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> and those are our picks. Uh, all that's left for us to do, Rechart, is uh, to get to the quiz results. Uh, let, let me kick off with the first question. Elon Musk last year paid over at least how much 
to the U.S. government in personal income taxes, and we were looking for a dollar figure to the nearest $100 million. Sure. And his tax bill was $593 million U.S. dollars minimum. Wow, that's a big, big chunk of money. The second question. Researchers from which South African organization helped discover a strange new planet, 320 light years from Earth, that has the same density as styrofoam? And for a bonus point, we wanted to know what the planet was called. The answer there, the South African Astronomical Observatory, and the planet was called KELT 11b. Third question. Which international organization said it will launch a biometric fingerprint based bank card in South Africa commercially this year and they've been running the trial with APSA and uh, pick and pay and the answer is MasterCard. The fourth question Vodacom has pushed out the planned listing of its Tanzanian subsidiary by three weeks to 11 May. Why? And the answer there to give investors more time to take part after disappointing take up in the offer and our final question in our quiz the television adaptation of which Neil Gaiman novel will go live on Amazon Prime Video in South Africa on the 1st of May, and I absolutely cannot wait to see the show. It's called American Gods. And that's our quiz. As always, if you've got any feedback on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Let us know what you like about the show. If there's anything about the show you don't like, uh, tell us uh, what you think about our new Tech Central uh, podcast interview series. Uh, we're having great fun with it. Uh, we can see from the downloads that it's uh, gaining huge traction, uh, which we're very excited about. Uh, if you have any ideas of people you'd like us to interview, drop us a note and we'll uh, try and line them up. Um, still working on Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> we're holding thumbs for one day, uh, maybe getting him onto a Skype call. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, drop us a line and let us know what you think. Uh, and that is our show from Rechot and myself. Until next time, take care. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.